Welcome to Doctor Who A to Z, a show that covers everything Doctor Who from beginning to end, from 1963 to present, from Hartnell to Gatwa, from Auton to Zygon. What's up, Whovians? Welcome back to Doctor Who A to Z. My name's Alan. And as always, I guess I'm Josh. I'm glad you're so certain about that. I know. It's always a difficult, you know, on, on point for tonight's story. But, uh, you know. <laughs> All right. So we got a lot of new stuff to talk about tonight. Uh, we are going to be reviewing a new release from Big Finish. But first, we have a new trailer that has just come out this week. On Saturday, actually, during Eurovision um, for the 60th anniversary specials. So we're going to talk about that. It's our first reveal of the the episode titles for the three episodes. Right. So we have the first episode, which is the Star Beast. Yeah. The second episode is Wild Blue Yonder. And then the last episode is called The Giggle. The Giggle. So that's like the dumbest title ever. It is pretty silly. So, I so mean, I'm I, hoping I, they're going to back that up with something really like terrifying. Yeah, I'm sure like we will have because it's an RTD story. So obviously in the first two episodes, somebody's going to be giggling in the background like constantly. And <laughs> here's the big reveal in the last episode. You know, that's how it's going to work. It's just how <laughs> it works. <laughs> RTD operation right from the beginning. Just a running giggle throughout all the episodes. It's Torchwood all over again. Exactly. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> all right. Well, let's talk about the first one, Star Beast. Now that we've known for quite a while now that because we've seen um, we've seen some characters in previous trailers, basically what this one's going to be about. This is Beep the Meep and... Basically, it's going to be, I don't know how much, but an adaptation of that first appearance of his. Which is kind of astounding to me. It like It's very astounding. I mean, I thought he would be in the episode. I thought maybe it would be like a party episode, but it seems like they're doing like a straight up adaptation. I mean, yeah, at least according to what the, the episode title is, which kind of yeah. blows my mind. I, I, I mean, sure. Why not, though? Here's here's my fear, though. I'm I'm afraid that this is going to be like a retread of the situation we had in Rose, where the whole episode is going to be about whatever's happening with the doctor and all the stuff that's going on with Donna. And the alien threat is going to be basically the backdrop upon which that's told. You know, the autons weren't that important in Rose. It was all about Rose. Sure. So yeah. I, I, I don't know. I feel like they are like drawing heavily from that original comic book, but how much, you know, I'm afraid that it's going to be like, not as, not as much as what we would want. Sure. I mean, and that's, you are probably, probably spot on, on that analyzation. If I had to guess that, that does seem pretty likely. I mean, I, I don't know. It, it's not like it's a super complicated story. No, that's true. Um, and it's not like super long. So right. I, I think you can still fit in most of the beats and, and still do all of the, the doctor and the Donna stuff around it. So yeah, I'm just, we'll see. I am just super excited that they have actually drawn from that story and brought it to television. I just think that's yeah. 
unbelievable that they're I mean like doing I, I guess it also will depend on how much they want to actually front load like this little story arc whether it's going to be like a lot of stuff leading into the third episode yeah. or if it's just going to be like a casual thing mentioned and then the actual story happens on and it leads on to the next one I mean that seems probably what more like Russell's likely to do but yeah I, I think we'll so see. too yeah, I'm looking forward to it though. I, he's he's got my attention. We'll say that. Uh, unlike the uh, announcement that Murray Gold is coming back, this this has actually got me excited. <laughs> and again, I mean, nothing against Murray Gold. It's just I would have gone with a different yeah. tone. So, you know. so that the first one's the one we probably know the most about, just because it's something yes. we're familiar with. We we know nothing about the second episode, right? I mean, right. the third episode seems to be it's the Neil Patrick Harris, you know episode mm -hmm. to celestial toy maker well, at least you know what i wish they would just come out and say yes he is the celestial toy maker because why keep it a big secret because either one of two things is going to happen it's going to be like oh it's a big reveal in the story itself and it's like oh it's a celestial toy maker I'm like no duh everybody knows it's a celestial toy maker <laughs> right. or it's going to be something that's completely different that could have been the celestial toy maker. And then that's just going to piss me off because why not just use a celestial toy maker? Right. So agreed. Get it out of the way. It's agreed. Yeah. I wish they would just go ahead and do it. Come on. I mean, there's no real point in, in, in not right. It. Because the masses like, they're not going to care. It's like, it's just another guy. <laughs> exactly. All the masses care about is a it's doctor who B it's Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah. That's the draw. Celestial toy maker is not the hook that's going to get the, 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 the viewers. So just, just get it out there. So we don't right. have to worry about that anymore. Right. But so, so that's the third episode. It seems to be all about him, but the second episode, we know nothing other yeah. than it, it seems to have all sorts of like transmission interrupted type of stuff going on. They keep playing that up. They really do. And I was wondering if that's just a stylistic thing for the trailers know. or if that's an element from one of the stories. Like, I feel like it has to be something from that second story because yeah. they really, when they're, you know, did the title announcement, they were, that's when they were doing all those effects and things. So it's yes. got to play something with that second episode. Yeah. And the third one, the giggle seems there, there's, there's a theory running around that um, the third special is going to feature a, a sort of a character called Stooky Bill. And that was a ventriloquist dummy that was used by John Logie Baird for his demonstrations of, he, he had developed basically television in the 19, like early 1920s. And he used this ventriloquist dummy to, um, basically transmit this image. And this is based mainly on, there's a scene where you can see a, a small figure looking up at a screen and the screen has this weird face on it that sort of looks like Stooky Bill. There's there's actual video clip of the original Stooky Bill broadcast. And the stuff that the character says is just creepy. <laughs> and it's amazing because you know here you are demonstrating this new technology and you're doing it with this thing that sounds like a veiled threat like it's something that's about to take over the world it's a, unbelievable it's incredible <laughs> so the, based on the face that you see in that one image that one quick shot in the trailer 
it looks like that's what it is. And if that's the case, then buddy, I'm excited. Interesting. Yeah, no, that'd be cool. I, I have high hopes for it. We'll see. Yeah, me too. So I encourage people to go and Google Stooky Bill. Go look for the video. It'll it'll fucking creep you out. <laughs> so so I, that's what and when, you know when we were talking about the titles, the giggle just sounds dumb. But if they're backing that up with something that creepy, I, I'm all in. You know, yeah, kind I of mean, like. I, Kind of like that first season Voyager episode, The Thaw, which mm-hmm. was based on clowns and stuff. But when you get into it, it's just like this really weird and bizarre kind of thing. And I, that's what I want. Something really off-putting. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that's the what he's going to be going for is, is yeah. making it creepy. So, yeah. well, we'll see. So we still don't know when these specials are going to be airing. We just know it's later this year. We know that the anniversary is... Here, here's my theory. My theory is, and I'd have nothing to back this up other than uh, things that Disney Plus has done in the past. Um, the actual anniversary falls on November 23rd, of course, which is a Thursday, which is in America Thanksgiving Day. Yeah. Now, Disney Plus has made a big debut of something that had ran across the whole that whole Thanksgiving weekend before. Uh, namely the the Beatles Get Back special, which was three episodes that ran Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So I'm just going to guess that the BBC is lining up with that and that the first one will be out on the actual anniversary, which is Thursday, and the other two will be on Friday and Saturday. Really? Because I was thinking, I was in agreement that obviously that first episode will drop that Thursday, but then I was thinking then, you know, they could do, Christmas and New Year's because they like having another yep. Christmas and New Year's. So that would be the right. second and third episode. But that's possible too. Yeah. Possibility. So we will see, as they say. Okay. So listeners, if you have opinions, if you have ideas about this trailer and about the upcoming three specials, let us know. We'll talk about it in our next episode. But now it is time. We're going to do a whole episode basically in Josh's spinoff media corner. That's right. I don't have this to do a selection great. this week because we're here. We're all, we're all here already. Exactly. So Big Finish has been doing a series and it is something that ties in with the 60th anniversary. It's a series called Once in Future. It features pretty much all the Big Finish doctors. The first episode the first hour long special basically just came out uh, two weeks ago, I guess called past lives. And it stars Tom Baker as the fourth doctor and Sadie Miller as Sarah Jane, Gemma Redgrave as Kate Lethbridge, Stewart, Ingrid Oliver as Petronella Osgood. And we'll save other things for a little bit later. So we're going to talk about this new episode first, very generally, we're just going to give our very general reviews We'll have a cutoff point after which we will do spoilery stuff. So if you only want to hear uh, a general review without being spoiled about information, then we'll we'll let you know when we're going to make that change over. So what do you think, man? This is a this is our first big finish review, and I'm excited about it. All right. So I guess let's start with the concept. Um, which okay. I, don't, I don't think it's a spoiler because it's like on the box, right? <laughs> so we, we start off and the doctor has been hit with some sort of degeneration weapon. So he starts, 
uh, looking like he's going to regenerate, but he doesn't regenerate. He ends up flitting between past incarnations before kind of settling on the fourth doctor for the, the time being for the, the course of this story. So mm-hmm. um, that's the idea. And then of course he now goes off to try to figure out how to fix himself. So that is like what the overarching story of what once in the future is supposed to be about is right. We'll have the doctor changing uh, appearances from uh, time to time, from story to story as he tries to figure out like what's going on with him. So that is yeah. the, the central conceit of the story. Um, let's, you know, as far as an anniversary type of story goes, I don't hate it. It's actually kind of clever. I think so, too. Um, I mean, we'll see where they go with it. I mm-hmm. don't know, and we'll talk about it more in spoilers, if we really get the most of the concept in, in this story. But um, I like the idea, and mm-hmm. we'll see how they can play around with it more. Yeah. And, and at least it, it is thematically, I don't know how specifically, but at least tangentially it's tied into whatever they're doing in the three specials where the doctor has essentially degenerated to David Tennant. Yeah, to I the think 14th. that's just a coincidence. I think but, it's, you know, <laughs> I don't think it's, I don't think it's a coincidence. I don't think it ties in really. I don't think it's narratively tied to what they're doing in the stories. I think it's just a thematic flow through i don't think they're i just think they're like piggybacking off of it i don't think it could be possibly that big a coincidence uh maybe i mean (laughs) now they've been putting this together for years now yeah as far as like i mean they were working on this for at least two to to four years uh getting everything put together because they they record so far that's true We'll be getting Tom Baker stories for like a decade after his death. <laughs> that is so of the true. Way that Big Finish is recording in advance. I was just thinking about that this afternoon. <laughs> so, I mean, you don't have to worry about that. That I mean, they are. I, I guarantee you, they are banking Tom Baker stories as much as he wants to work. I'm sure they got him in the studio every day recording stories so they can keep pumping them out for years. Yeah. Well, and you know, and what's nice is that at his age, he's still basically sounding like the doctor. So that is one of the things that I really want to give the story props for, because I haven't, you know, when he first came back to do Big Finish, I listened to the first couple of series and I just, he just didn't seem to have the cadence and he just, his, you could feel his age and his voice mm-hmm. and i just i really couldn't lose myself in the portrayal like it just didn't sound right for his first yeah. couple of series yeah and so i mean obviously big finish does so much it's hard to keep up with everything so you know he's not in my top of uh, you know doctor who stories listened to so i didn't really keep up with it so when I came into this story, I was like, all right, well, we'll see how it's going. I'm sure it's not gotten any better because he's not getting any younger, but I will have to, you know, give full credit where credit is due to Tom Baker. Like, I think he sounds phenomenal in this story. Like, yeah, for, I don't know what it is. I don't know if they've done something with the audio or if he's just now he's more into it and he's, you know, ready to throw himself into the role again. But like, he they really shot makes steroids. Me, yeah, maybe. I don't know. But whatever it is, it's working because yeah. I, he really sounded, I mean, there was only a couple of bits where he kind of sounded his age. Otherwise not. He sounded like classic Tom Baker. And I was amazed. Right. 
And I think they did such a great job with the dialogue. I think that they really captured the character really well. There's a couple of, of lines that I was just like, I am right back in the seventies, you know, some of the little one-liners that he would throw out. I, I, I thought it was really good. I enjoyed it. Yeah. So, uh, his performance is great and he has a lot of screen time with Rufus Hound, who is playing the monk. I mean, that's not a yeah. spoiler. So he's on the cover. So, well, and um, he's been playing the monk for quite a while. Right. Finish right. Now. Um, so they play each other off each other quite well. Um, yeah. I really enjoy Rufus Hound as the monk. Um, mm-hmm. they, they had a, another actor or two, play the monk over the years but they've really mm-hmm. kind of settled on rufus being the big finish monk and I, I think he nails the role perfectly he's you know he's got a you know you can kind of hear the mischievous tilt in his voice yeah um but he can go pretty like far over the line sometimes so you're never quite sure where he lands um i think he's a phenomenal monk like really you know um puts uh, a lot of uh oomph into his performance a lot like he plays it pretty big uh, yeah. i think works well for the character and uh, like again he can turn on a dime when he wants to but you also kind of like him because you know he's just kind of like that guy uh, he pl- he plays that part really well mm-hmm. yeah i agree so you know we're talking about Tom Baker coming back and playing this role at his age. And, and the, the interesting thing is that he's playing this alongside at least two major recasts. So it's important that he sounds like the doctor, that he is the one that anchors this story because you have Rufus Hound playing the monk Um, from television. It was Peter Butterworth. And, uh, you know, we, we, we talked about how Rufus Hound has reinterpreted, but owns that, that role. And then we also have Sadie Miller playing Sarah Jane Smith, who is of course, Liz Sladen's daughter. And, um, so what do you think of her? I, I, I've, you know, the first time I heard her, I wasn't really sure, but now I either I'm used to it or, and she, she doesn't do a, an impersonation of her mother or the way that her mother played Sarah Jane. She does her own thing with it, but there's just times when it sounds like Liz Sladen. So this is the first time I've heard her voicing um, Sarah. So I don't really have any comparison to other. And I, I, I'm kind of with you. I'm not, it's not like it's a bad interpretation. Right. But um, I don't know if I really felt like, Sarah Jane from the performance, mm-hmm. if that makes any real yeah. sense. I, 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 and you know, you, you hate to you hate to kind of like throw stones at that kind of thing because I mean, obviously, you're not going to be able to sound exactly like they're a completely different person. Um, so you kind of just have to go along with it, and a lot of it is with you know how they throw themselves into the role and what mm-hmm. kind of inflections they they do. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about Sarah when we get to the spoiler section a little bit. Yeah. That kind of like explains a little bit more how I feel about her. I, I, I don't think the performance is bad. I just wasn't completely sold as it being Sarah Jane. Yeah, I get that. The first one that I heard of hers was the, they did the, uh, they did the adaptation of the original version of um, the Cyberman story from the first Tom Baker season. 
And it was a very different script the way it started. Um, and that was my first time hearing her as Sarah. And I kind of had the same reaction that I, I understand that this is a person who was playing Sarah Jane Smith, but do I find Sarah Jane Smith in it? So I think having heard like uh, a couple others of hers before this one, I'm, I think I've just come around. You know, and I've had that same struggle with some of the recastings of doctors too. Um, Tim well, Trelaw, I was, particularly. I, I was going to bring that up because I think a lot of it, you know, really depends on the context of the character and what they're doing. Because I've listened to Trelaw and I've listened to Michael Troughton do his second doctor. Yeah. And, you know, in their own sets, like, you know, you, you kind of go along with it as everything's happened around them. But, I and especially in the start of this episode, because again, we talked about how he kind of flits between incarnation before settling on the fourth mm. doctor at the very beginning. Like, you get a couple of lines from Trelaw as a third doctor, you get a yeah. couple of lines of Michael Trouton as a second doctor, and it really kind of threw me because it's like outside of like the context of everything else, like happening in the story, where it's just kind of random quotes coming from him, like it. I especially Trelaw's third doctor. Like I've always kind of had a little bit of trouble with his third doctor from time to time. Yeah. But just kind of thrown in here randomly. I was like, who is that supposed to be? Exactly. Exactly. And when it's, and it's sort of a chaotic scene to start with, and it's hard to sort of latch on to which character is it is supposed mm -hmm. to be speaking. Now, the one that I thought came across really convincingly was Stephen Noonan as the first doctor. Yes. He only had two lines, but I thought he really, and I haven't heard any of other, uh, of Steven's, uh, audio recordings. So this is my first exposure to his first doctor, but right. I thought he really captured the heart nail. I thought I, I was utterly convinced. I mean, it, but you know, what's interesting about that is, you know, he, he almost sounds david bradley s like obviously bradley yeah. kind of has gone was aping hartnell and this kind of feels like aping bradley aping hartnell and i, I mean like it kind of works though it does. um it, I, I, I certainly felt that worked better than feeler's third doctor and just a couple of lines they get in this story yeah and and i've just I, and i hate to say anything negative but i just have never got on board with the trelore doctor it just doesn't work for me yeah i mean <sighs> I get why they went with him. They want they want to do like they don't want it, especially because he was like the, they were like the, he was like the first one that they went with, right? Mm -hmm. Like that he was the first real like recasting, and they didn't want it to be like completely aping Pertwee. Yeah. I, and I get that, that you don't want to have like just like an, an impressionist. You want to yeah. have somebody who can you know embody the character and make you think of the character, but you know not be ghastly and and just aping the character entirely. So I get when they did it but you know at some point she feel like well i could use a with a little bit more aping of the characteristic sounds but yeah but at the same time i kind of also don't get it because they had made so much bank on jacob dudman completely aping yeah. the 10th and 11th doctors in you know before they got david Tennant on board he was doing both of those and he does a spot on smith yeah i, I mean, mean I, I'm guessing it's just like uh, there's always going to be a little bit of like squicky feeling like when you're sure. recasting a dead actor like it's a little bit you can get you can feel better like well this person just doesn't want to you know he's too busy doing big time movie stuff they don't have time to, to come do with us so we can use an impersonator that's not a problem but when you're like I'm replacing your dead father 
to, you know, their estate, that's a little bit, you know, more difficult. So like, I get it. And like I said, like when you're listening to like a third doctor box set, like in the context of, you know, you got the incidental music and you've got the other actors along with it. Like it's a lot easier to buy into that portrayal of the yeah. third doctor than yeah. just a random line in the middle of the story. Yeah. I mean, I, that's true. That is true because at least you, you kind of have to settle into it, mm -hmm. you know, when you're doing that. And then you have the other things going on around you because you know, a lot of them have Katie Manning with him and some of them have John Levine in it too. And you have John Colshaw doing the Brigadier and he yeah. does a spot on Brigadier. So you have all those other things that sort of anchor you down and, and carries you along with Trelaw. So here, it, it, I don't know, it just sounds a little jarring, but that's okay. I'll, you know, yeah, no, I'm not, I, I get I'm not opposed to it or anything, but you, you brought up the music talking about the third doctor box sets. And that's one of the things that in a lot of the recent, uh, big finish releases, particularly of classic era stories that I just I'm not getting into the, the, the classic era did not have that hundred percent score that that score that runs through every scene and it's underneath every line of dialogue and i don't really like it when they do it in the audios i mean like i get it because you're an audio medium and you want to keep yeah, but... the interest of the listener so obviously music is a way to do that so i get what i mean and i also get your point as well because you can be so, I mean, we keep throwing Murray Gold under the bus. This show, I know, but, poor guy. <laughs> but like, you know, you get bombarded in modern Doctor Who yeah. by incidental music. And I, I think that's part of it is because so much of what Big Finish does these days. And, you know, for, for good or for bad. And like, that's a whole other discussion I could have about Big Finish, modern Big Finish, like mm -hmm. appealing to new series. Uh, yeah, listeners. yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, but I mean that's what new series does. So I know they they do that because it's kind of expected now from a certain audience. And then again, also from the fact that well, you don't want to just have you know some dead air behind people, so you, you kind yeah, of but, lean into having the the music behind it. But I know I totally get but, it because uh, it's such not a classic series thing. And, and you know, and they did it kind of gradually, and it kind of snuck up on me, and I didn't really notice it until I was listening to. Return of the Cybermen, which was that alternate version of Revenge of the Cybermen. Mm -hmm. And it had that. It had that score that ran incessantly through the whole thing. And I'm like, that just tears me away from the feel of 1975, yeah. you know? And it was such a jarring difference from what we saw on TV as Revenge of the Cybermen. It just didn't sound right. So yeah, I that's mean, just me. There's a, no, no, it's not. I mean, like, there's a whole discussion that I could have that would make me sound like an insane person about, <laughs> you know, talking about what happened to Big Finish once they started being able to do new series stuff and how they completely yeah. changed. Uh, yeah. But, you know, that would just come off with me sounding like bitter and old. And I don't want to be like that. <laughs> well, there's, there's a, two other things that I want to ask you about before we get into spoilers. And that is the return of two other characters that we know and love more or less from the new series. And that is Kate Stewart and Osgood. And I want to know how you feel like they were represented in this story and how they, how they integrated with the fourth doctor and Sarah Jane. Well, I love Kate. Um, yeah. and I think that, uh, Kate was handled really well. Uh, Osgood, you know, I've got more problems with Osgood and, 
you know, at least they kind of kept it to a manageable dose for me. So <laughs> I, I, I didn't hate it. Okay. Well, that's so, good to know. You know there, there you go. Yeah. I, I'm also a, a big Kate fan and I think Jimmy Redgrave is amazing. And yes, and I've loved what they've done with her on television. And, and I, I love hearing her being involved in the big finishes. Yeah. And, and I, and I agree. I think that they were, they were done very well in this story. And there, there's a great running joke through the, the story um, in, involving Kate that, She's just completely exasperated with it by the end of the story, which I don't want to spoil for anybody, but I absolutely loved it. Like, it's the greatest thing. <laughs> just like, <laughs> yes. Right. <laughs> well, I guess uh, if people want to stop here before spoilers, we should tell them what we thought about it overall, whether we recommend they listen to it or not. So we can go ahead and and give our recommendations. Okay. So I, I, I'm going to go ahead and rate this as something I think you should listen because it's, it's a, a 60th. Um, I liked it. I didn't love it. I think it comes in around about a six for me. Um, okay. And we'll talk about it more why when we get into spoilers. It's just, mm -hmm. you know, there's there's some things that Big Finish does that really bother me sometimes. And they're in full on display here in the story. But I think the performances are wonderful. Um, I like the conceit of what's happening here. Um, I don't think it is the greatest first part of what the kind of story they're looking to tell is, but it's still enjoyable. So, mm -hmm. you know, better than average, not great though. Six. And I am going to say seven. I, I enjoyed it for what it is. I enjoyed it as the setup for an ongoing storyline that's going to feed into the big final release in November. Um, I think it's an intriguing story. I like having the monk involved in, in, in a pretty integral way. Um, yeah, I'm on board. So it wasn't, I think it's, I think it's got a lot of room to grow from here. I think that it's going to get a lot better as it yes. goes along. I, this I think is, I agree. This is a, this is like a platform from which the rest of the stories are going to be built. So from that, I thought it was great. I enjoyed it. So I'm saying seven. So I think we both recommend people go and listen to this one. Yeah, because um, it's the beginning and I think it'll be better later on. So you should get yep. on board while you can get it. And it just came out. So this is the first release. The next one comes out in June. So get it now. Start now. Don't have to play catch up in August or September. Yes. All right. So from this point on, we're going to discuss it a little further, but a little deeper with spoilers. So if you don't want to hear any spoilers from this, if you haven't heard the story yet, stop now. And if yeah. you have heard it, join with us and and we'll we'll keep talking. Yeah. All right. Where do you want to go? Well, I guess uh, I'm going to start with what my biggest problem with the story is. And I don't feel like it is a good first part of this big crossover 660th anniversary story it feels like your average run-of-the-mill big finish story with you know the meta story part taped onto the front like very <laughs> loosely taped onto the front yeah I, I i agree with that and i do feel the same way it didn't bother me though i mean i guess the reason why it bothers me is i i kind of wish they did more with the, the concept my, yeah. my 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 issue is there's this story opens up all sorts of questions about regeneration and what regeneration actually is 
because yes. you talk about how this brings you right back to 1970s Tom Baker, but this is not the fourth doctor. This is yeah. the eighth doctor who now has Tom Baker's face. I think it would have been phenomenal to have Tom Baker playing the eighth doctor, but they don't do that here. No, I they agree. That, they, they act like this is just Tom. and just walked off the set, which is fine, I guess. Right. But like, I, I want more. And, and again, all that does is add to the fact that it makes it feel like this is just your average fourth doctor story, but with some bits taped on to make you want to buy it as a 68th anniversary story. I find that to be very disappointing. Um, I kind of had that same feeling, even though I really, really loved the set, the last adventure, the one that sort of wraps up the sixth doctor story with, uh, leading up to his big regeneration. Mm -hmm. I kind of felt the same way about those stories that you had, you're telling this big epic leading up to the sixth doctor's regeneration, but each one of the stories individually just sort of felt like a, a, an average story. I didn't feel like it built to the, the the level that they wanted it to build to. And I think you're right about where this one starts. I think that that's exactly right. But again, I was sort of like ready for this. I was looking forward to this story. So I didn't feel detracted by that. Yeah. Like, I mean, like as a fourth doctor story, like I, th I yeah. think it was pretty great as a fourth doctor story. Like I love the conceit of the fourth doctor just falling. Like the, the monk just keeps running away and doctors keep showing up and it's like, it's <laughs> right. big little like funny chase and the banter back and forth, like phenomenal. Like yes. the, the, the way that he, he just like, oh, here I am again. Like you keep running. I'm going to keep showing up. And he's like, why do you keep following me? What is going on? And as yep. the fourth doctor gets, you know, deeper involved with all the little schemes that Monk's doing to try to like save his skin. Great, great conceit, great yeah. way that the story is set up. Uh, phenomenal. But again, I, I don't think it really screams 60th anniversary. You know, I, I pumped out a lot of money for these stories, right? <laughs> like, you know, you got to pay a lot up front for a year's worth of stories. And right. I don't want just an average big finish story. I want something like, yeah, like, sure. Obviously, 60th anniversary, you're thinking like stupid fan wanky nonsense, <sighs> like fine. But that's what I'm paying for. So give it to me, like make it good, but don't be afraid to make it an anniversary story either because that's what you're selling it as. Yes. And I yeah. think that's where my biggest disappointment comes from. Like as a story in of itself, it's fine though. It does do, again, I talked about something that big finish does that really bothers the crap out of me, especially as a first uh, episode of this big story arc, right? This story is nominally a sequel to a story for the fourth doctor and Sarah. And mm -hmm. you're listening to it. I'm like, Oh yeah, we took care of them ages ago. We put them on a sleep and I'm listening to this. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. There's obviously some fourth Doctor story that Big Finish did that yes. I haven't listened to that this is a sequel to. And they make this the first episode of this big sweeping anniversary. You've got to be kidding me. But it's not that. What makes it even worse, and again, Big Finish sticks so fucking clever when they do this because they do it constantly. There is no first story yet. I'm, I guarantee you there will be one. Because that's what they like to do. They're like, oh, you know, we're, we're giving you the last half. And, you know, two years down the line in the, in the fourth Doctor range, you'll hear the first part of the story. I, you know it's coming. And <laughs> they're just like, why would you do that as the first story in the 60th anniversary? Making me think I've missed something previously. Right. Because I finished the story I'm like, well, crap, I need to go. Wait, what story was the sequel to? And it's right. not one. And that's just it just. 
I could not believe they did that as the first episode of a 60th mm, anniversary story. Right. There's a couple of points in it that I feel like are going to come back later in this series. And one of them is that the doctor just happens to find the whatever the mechanism is that he needs to track down the monk in, in his, his pocket. pocket. Right. So somebody <laughs> has planted that in his pocket and it's going to happen in a later story, I assume. Right. And the other one is toward the end of the story, for no reason at all, he is saying goodbye to Sarah Jane because the monk is going to drop her back off in Aberdeen, one suspects. And he says, oh, Sarah, let me give me your hand. Why did he do that? There is nothing in the story of with him needing to have held her hand and for Tom to have told that to the audience. So there's something there that's going to be I mean, maybe. picked up I mean, later like, on, too. I, I, I... It almost, I, I kind of had a problem, like, out of all the places you could have gotten Sarah from, why pick her up, like, immediately after she leaves in the Hand of Fear? Yeah. Other than, like, it feels like, oh, well, well, the doctor didn't give her a proper goodbye. Everybody loves Sarah Jane. He should have given her a proper goodbye. Let me write a story where he can give her a proper goodbye. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, like, okay. But that, and, and it kind of, like, undermines, like, all of school reunion. Like, yes, the story, it does. like, completely undermines it like why would you do that yes at the same time though i do feel like this was it this should have been a little bit more but i do at least feel like it was a better goodbye than david Tennant overacting the my sarah jane <laughs> sure okay fine <laughs> but, uh, uh, right right but i mean oh my god <laughs> gonna throw me off bringing up david Tennant in the story i was like totally fine <laughs> anyway <laughs> but yeah and like i don't know obviously they want to have sarah picked up at some point in time and but it's a sadie miller yeah. it's got to be a younger sarah so that's why they did it yeah like i think doing like a post school reunion sarah would have worked so much better for the story I think so too. I don't think Sarah really does like, it's great to see her beat up the monk in the story. Like everybody shows up, like I already beat the monk up and right. you know, wait. I mean like that's, that's a great Sarah Jane moment, right. but she doesn't really do much of anything else during the course of the story. Which I thought found really unfortunate. She just kind of is there. That is exactly right. And I, I totally agree and was not as happy about that, but I feel like um, him picking her up at the end of hand of fear is it's an iconic scene. It gives Sadie the chance to quote some of her mother's lines in the way that she does it so that you have that orientation. You know, you have that sense. Fair of, enough. Fair this enough. is this is Sadie picking up where her mother left off, basically. like kind of setting up and getting you. Yeah, yeah. I guess that makes sense. I guess I, you know, yeah, sure. I guess I can see that. I, I, I still don't like it a lot, but uh, yeah. I mean, it seems <laughs> it did seem a weird place mm -hmm. to do it, but that's okay. You know, whatever. It also seems weird to have the monk just drop her back off where he picked her up. So is she? Did he just leave her at Aberdeen? I mean, I guess he did because. He, I mean, in school reunion, she says that that's where that's she got right. left. So, right. But she didn't say she got left there by the monk. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, God. That, I, obviously, I should get over it because, again, this is, this is just a show I should really just relax. But that kind of stuff just bugs the crap out of me sometimes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, that's funny. The, the funny thing is, is when that scene started, you don't know that you're transitioning into um, – Sarah Jane's introduction into the story and you hear mm -hmm. a dog panting in the background. And I think, <laughs> and I think puppy, 
And I'm like, but then I'm like, why is there a dog in this scene? And then, <laughs> and then she starts quoting the Sarah Jane lines. And I thought, Oh, okay. I know where she is now. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and, that, and that's a real shame. Like, obviously I think like the whole idea is supposed to, and again, if it didn't feel so much like this was a, the, the fourth doctor reincarnated, if, if this was Tom Baker playing a later doctor reacting to Sarah, then I think there's some pathos there, like something that you could sink your teeth into, but it doesn't yeah. feel like that. It feels they, like they, he's just like, it almost feels like he just saw her. Like he just dropped her off at Aberdeen from the, all the emotionality that Tom plays it. But they, they hint toward that though, because they talk about, you know, I just saw you an hour ago, but it's been ages for you, but they don't really do anything with right. that. Right. Yeah. I did find that frustrating myself. And then, I mean, and again, I, I, I think a lot of the things we're looking at here, as far as like lack of, you know, giving attention to that and lack of, you know, Sarah Jane having anything to do. It comes yeah. with the fact that, you know, you're jamming all of this into an hour episode. I know that's true. Um, which, you know, it, it always feels weird to, to hear a classic story jammed into a, a single episode because, you know, I'm, I'm so used to getting, you know, yeah. uh, four 25 minute episodes. Yeah. Um, and I think that also would give you more time to breathe for this type of material, mm-hmm. but you can't because you got to go, get on the spaceship and crash into it and, and face the crocodile monsters and, <laughs> you know, have another poke at Kate Stewart because everybody right. talks about her father. Right. Oh my God. Even the fucking crocodiles. Like, <laughs> I, mean, I love it so much. Every time she shows up, like, are you related to the brigadier? And by the end of it, she's like, yes. So I'm told that's <laughs> a, that's a phenomenal writing joke. Oh, that's good. <laughs> so speaking of Kate, there's just this one little thing that bugged the snot out of me. And, and it wasn't about Kate. It was about, well, it kind of is about Kate, but it's about Osgood. They have to go to Osgood's apartment because she takes stuff home from work. <laughs> and, you know, so she's got this thing that the doctor built in 1974 or whatever. And she has it at her place of residence. And I don't know how much other stuff she has at her place of residence. And Kate says, Osgood, we're going to have to have a little talk about this. No, that's a fireable offense. <laughs> Come on. This is the black archive we're talking about. This is the, the most secretive stuff on the planet. And she's just walking home with it. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Though what bothers me much more about that is the fact that she's got fucking pinup posters of future doctors in her. Now you her. know she does, though. Come on. Oh, my God. But where Which, does she get I them? Mean, I mean, you know, I used to get posters of Kiss out of 16 magazine <laughs> when I was 13 or whatever. Where is she getting these posters? Are they in like a, you know, tiger beat or something? I don't know. <laughs> and well, once again, throws school reunion in the bus because obviously she's got a big fucking picture of David Tennant because God knows everybody loves that man. So, you know, his picture was wide eyed, goofy hair, right front and center. <laughs> that I was going to say. Um, <laughs> and obviously the poster she has of, of Capaldi is with a guitar because sure. Sarah Jane thinks it's a rock band that's on the wall. Right. So it's either it's either that or it's Sylvester with his spoons. I don't know which. <laughs> I mean, obviously, it's supposed to be a funny throwaway joke, but yeah. exactly, exactly. But it just doubles down on 
it doubles down on everything about Osgood that you just don't exactly. like. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it was funny, though, that that uh, when she meets Tom and he's like, oh, nice celery on the lapel. You know, I, I've worn that sometime. And how else are you going to do the thing that she likes to cosplay as a doctor right. in audio other than have the doctor recognize something and comment upon it? So, But you know what they should have done? Because un unless we're back to clothes regenerating he should be like in the eighth doctor's outfit because he's unless he stopped to change clothes on his way exactly could've, she could have been wearing the scarf and he could have taken it from her that could have been fun that would have been fun absolutely but they also should have commented on that i think maybe i don't know i don't know i mean like there it seems real weird that they don't want to confirm like what doctor i mean obviously if it's, it's in the time war it's, it's gotta war. be it's gotta right. be the eighth doctor because and the video trailer that they made for this uses the eighth doctor's uh, TARDIS console, right? So it's clearly intended to be the eighth doctor, right? Yeah. So it's got to be the eighth doctor. So like, there's all sorts of stuff like just throwing continuity, like what happened in later incarnations out the window, like whatever. I mean, that and, and that's fine. Like it's time war nonsense. Hand wave it all away. He forgets. <laughs> it doesn't matter. But still, like. <laughs> Ah, it's a nightmare if you're trying to like, well, why doesn't he remember the black archive here? Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Also, that black archive is pants. If they can just like light a fire and switch everything off. Number one, it never made sense like how they could ever TARDIS proof it anyway. And right. number two, like this one little switch turns everything off and so now the TARDIS can get in. Oh, just oh, moff it. <laughs> right. Um, I, th that led to the, my favorite Tom Baker line in the whole thing where they're like, do you think maybe, and he's like, maybe what? And they're like, what if someone could have remotely turned off the, the do jigger that makes it TARDIS proof so that, you know, it, it does the fail safe and all the governments of the world fall and all the black archive stuff is released or whatever. And Tom says, Oh, is that what it does? Well, that's ingeniously stupid. <laughs> <laughs> there were so many lines of his that I thought he were got so some great good. lines. Like, again, great fourth doctor episode. Yes. Not so great. First 60th anniversary episode. Yeah. Yeah. Even though we still rated it above average. That's what I'm saying, because it's a, it's a great fourth doctor it's story. A fun that's story. Why, that's why I grade it so high. It's just like right. a, it's got so many little things that just niggle me to death. It's like being pecked to death by hummingbirds, just from the little nuances <laughs> that really get to me sometimes. Oh God, that's funny. Oh shoot. Yep. I think the I think the alligator monsters are pretty cool, but yeah, I mean they don't amount to anything in the story itself. Like I, I kind of love at the end. Well, again, it's 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 so weird to listen to them with no context of the earlier, you know, confrontation yeah. that he had with evidently the, the fourth Doctor and the Brigadier, and and enough to where he remembers how great a warrior the Brigadier is. Like, right. and I mean, I, they're, you know, they're like crocodile Klingons. That's what they are, <laughs> basically. I mean, the way they're <laughs> acting, like. And, you know, he, the, the doctor, you know, basically commits genocide against them at the end by yeah. like, you know, I mean, like, obviously he does a thing where he's like, really, you shouldn't do that. Don't turn it on. Like, don't throw them into the briar patch. Right. And, uh, yep, turns it on. They all die. Like, oh, well, I guess the whole race is dead. And the poor alligator guy is like, well, crap. 
I guess I give up. (laughs) (laughs) No revenge. He's like, I'm old. I give up. Send me out to the farm, wherever you guys put all your aliens. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shoot. And, you know, the only thing that's really good about them is the cover illustration. Yeah. (laughs) Because they look super cool on the cover. But in the story, it's like, eh, whatever. (laughs) There's nothing to really get you involved in them. I mean, like, I mean, like, I mean, they're a fine one off little alien. Like, just don't make me feel like they're bigger than what they are by making them like this big returning villain when they're not. Right. So crazy. (laughs) All right. Any last point you want to cover? I think uh, we we covered all of it. I think Um, we got it. Yeah. I mean, like, we talked about all the stuff that I liked. Again, there's lots of like in the story. It's just disappointing trying going in expecting like all right 60th anniversary let's go and you know you just get like a a random fourth doctor story yep so next month uh june 2023 we have chapter two of once in future and it is called the artist at the end of time and it features mr peter davison as the fifth doctor and Georgia Tennant, his daughter, as the doctor's daughter, Jenny. And for some reason, Colin Baker as the curator, who he has played the curator before in an other, at least one other audio. So we have him again in, in the fifth doctor story. Yes. Well, the, the fifth, eighth doctor story. I don't know how we are supposed to refer to these things. <laughs> yeah, I, just, I don't know. I mean, like, obviously... They're they're wanting to just kind of like throw in all sorts of mix and matches stuff yes. so make it seem like big. I mean, we'll, we'll see. I mean, like you know, who can't wait to hear more Jenny? But you know, yeah. And I mean, has- again, we could. I mean, I, I do fully expect them to get better from here on out as we get more of like the overarching totally. plot of what's going on. As long as you know, I'm sure they'll play more and more into it. At least I hope so. It would be yeah. really disappointing for just to have a bunch of random episodes and then just though that would be on point for big finish, just random episodes and then wrap it all up in one final hour, just to right. throw it in the kitchen sink. Right. But you know, hopefully not. <laughs> and the the cover art for has has been released for artists at the end of time. And and it's interesting because it's got like a robot dude. So yeah, I, I love robots, so I'm into that already. But also the curator has a really cool outfit that I think Colin Baker's sixth doctor would have looked great in. Sure. So, you know, it's good. I'm looking forward to it. We'll see what happens with yeah. with Five and the Doctor's Daughter. Yeah, like I said, <laughs> I mean, like, I, I, I think I, I'm just going to have to accept the fact that we're going to just treat this as adventures for previous Doctors, and they're not really going to be doing right. anything with the whole, like, degeneration process. Because, again, like, you would think if I'm the Eighth Doctor – and I get hit with this thing that's making me revert to past selves. Like I'd be kind of worried about it, but he sure doesn't seem worried about it at all. He's just as happy as it can be to go out and, and hang out with Sarah Jane and the, the the monk and the alligator people. Yeah. So I mean, obviously, I'm just gonna have to step back my expectations that they may actually do something interesting with the portrayal of the Doctor here, and just accept that we're getting random adventures from previous Doctors, just mixing in, you know. Yeah, other continuity stuff to go along with it. So, which is fine. I'll just have to accept that. Yeah. So the only cast that's been announced so far are those three, Peter Davison, Georgia Tennant, and Colin Baker. I wonder how much the monk is going to play through, throughout this series. 
Is he going to recur in every story? Is he going to be at the beginning and at the end? Is Are we not going to hear from him again? I mean, I, I, I have a sneaking suspicion that we probably won't see him again till the end. I that's mean, what obviously, I'm, he'll yeah, be there at I'm the end. But How long do you think it'll be him. before we get Daleks? Oh, you know, I'm surprised we haven't already. <laughs> Nick Briggs, I'm sure he's like just waiting in the rings, wringing his hands. Like the, the real right. question is, how many times do we get the Daleks? Well, that's true too. Um, and I also want to mention that uh, the second one, Artist at the End of Time, is written by James Goss. And that gives me hope because I do exactly. like James Goss. Exactly. So I'm looking forward to seeing what we're going to get next month. So we will be back next week. We're going to be talking about a Matt Smith story and with a special guest. But in a few weeks, we'll bring chapter two of Doctor Who Once in Future. Joshi, thanks for hanging out. It's nice chatting with you. It's always fun, Alan. All right. And listeners, let us know what you think. If you've listened to uh, chapter one of Once in Future, let us know your reaction to it. Let us know if you agree with our review. Let us know if you think our review is completely off base. We'll take it. Whatever you have to say, just let us know and we'll include it in our next episode. All right, everybody take care. Have a great week and we will see you next time. Be seeing you. Thanks for listening to Doctor Who A to Z. You can find episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, and other podcast networks. Theme remix used by kind permission of Doctor Who composer Dominic Glenn. We'd love to hear from you, so please drop us a line at Doctor Who A to Z at Gmail or leave a comment wherever you're listening. If you've enjoyed this, please subscribe and consider leaving us a rating or review on your favorite podcast platform. See you next time, and until then, remember, we're all stories in the end. Just make it a good one.